Hello, this is River Anne, and welcome to another episode of Heart Sense. Thank you for being here. The flamenco music you're listening to is an original composition from guitarist Susan McDonald entitled The Dancing Fish from her CD Hot Flashes. You can find Susan's music online at animalballets.com. I'm excited today because my guest is Andrea Zaboro, an animal communicator from Ontario, Canada. She lives on a 100-acre ranch with her husband, Scott, and get this, 19 horses, 8 dogs, 3 house cats, 20 barn cats, 30 chickens, 7 geese, and 1 macaw parrot. That's a lot of company. Andrea's been communicating with animals since she was a young child, and often had them following her home. She was told when she was little that it was all make-believe in her head. However, her life experiences with animals of all kinds have confirmed otherwise. In 1996, Andrea began assisting clients and their animals with natural medicine, which included color therapy, acupuncture, energy work, touch for health, and personal coaching. She joins us today to discuss what our animals are trying to communicate in an attempt to connect with our hearts and teach us more about ourselves and the world around us. Thank you, Andrea, for being here today. I know it's taken us months to connect and do this, but I'm really excited we're finally able to have this conversation. Yeah, I mean, I guess it happens when it's supposed to, right? (laughs) Okay, let's not have a fight. Do you have any idea why the cat sprayed you? Because the other male cat's here, and they're always in competition. And I, the handsome man was sitting here beside me, and then the other lips, I call him, because he's always talking, he came (laughs) over. And uh, handsome man walked away, and then I couldn't believe it. The next thing I know, I feel this. I'm being sprayed. I can't. Anyway, she didn't get the iPad, I don't think. So that's good. <laughs> I think conversations about our animals, their survival, how to receive communication and communicate with them are so important on the planet right now. With so many of our species be- becoming extinct and, and the lack of reverence for them. You're an animal communicator. I am. Are they all communicating with you? Oh, yeah. Always somebody has something to say, for sure. Are they all communicating with each other? All the time. All the time? All the time. Yeah, all the time. What do you find that these animals feel about us? All of our animals love us. They truly love us. There's no, um, you know, people will say, oh, my animal, you know, she hates me. And it's like, no, they don't think like that. They have come to us. They have chosen us. They come to love us unconditionally. And hopefully, if we can hear them and they help us to love ourselves unconditionally. Well, I think this is a fascinating topic for everybody, especially our animal lovers. But I'm hoping this conversation today also affects those people that don't feel very connected to animals. And perhaps it it opens their hearts a little bit so they might in the future begin to want to connect with animals, understand animals, and, and have a little more reverence for the human-animal connection. I think a lot of people think that the animals are below us, you know, in this sort of rank of of species they think that humans are above and it kind of goes with what I like to also talk about being judgment you know and if we could stop judging 
this is better than that and understand that we are all equal and all truly come from love, then I think things would be a lot different. I agree completely. When did you realize that you were an animal communicator? Will you share a little bit about that and how that changed your life and directed your life? Sure. I always was. I mean, I was, I learned early on, you know, because we, as kids, we just are. And then as we become older and we start to soak up our parents' belief systems and, and what have you, you know, I was being told, oh, Andrea, you're, you're not talking, you're not talking to the animals or those are imaginary friends or however you, you know, because that was their belief system. So I learned very early on to keep it, to not turn it off because you can't turn it off, but I shut it off from everybody else. I mean, animals used to follow me home. I'm sure my mother must have rolled her eyes a million times. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and then I, and then you know, you get caught up in sort of the whole left brain world because that's how we're raised here in the Western culture. And so I just kind of carried on, and for, you know, didn't go to that part of myself. If and I would talk with the animals on my own, but of course, didn't dare to speak out loud about it. And then one of my horses and his name was Corky and he was at a barn and having problems. And so I called an animal communicator and she helped me with him. And then she pulled me aside and she says, you know, you'd be really good at doing this as a business one day if you just get your shit together. Hopefully I'm allowed to say that. And I thought at the time, who does she think she is? I have my shit together. The nerve of her. Little did I know, <laughs> I wasn't anywhere near having my shit together. And so I started working with her and then I started learning ways to sort of tune into that part of myself at will, so to speak. And, and it just went from there. And it was always everything I've learned, all the new things I've learned around animals, it's all come from them. And yeah, so the horses really taught me that, that everything is a piece of the puzzle. It's not about one way or the other way. We're all connected. And I don't know. Does that make sense? It's kind of how I, that's how it went. It does to me. <laughs> Absolutely. Animals talk to me too. And I'm not an animal communicator, but I'm pretty intuitive sometimes. I've been in a dog park with 40 dogs and dogs come up to me and I start talking to them and the owners are listening and they go, how come you seem to know more about my dog than I do? And my response was, you're not listening. Exactly. Because you are an animal. You said to me, you said, I'm not an animal communicator. And I'm like, yes, you are. Okay. Yes, you are. Okay. Absolutely. Because you know what? We all have that capacity within us. And it's just whether or not we learn to get out of our own way and allow that channel, I don't know, for lack of a better word, through so that we hear them. It's just our mental self that blocks it. We all we all can do this. That was one of my questions. I'm so thrilled you answered that. Can you give <laughs> us, can you give my audience a few pointers as to how they begin to open up and receive that communication or communicate? I know it goes both ways. How, how would one begin to do that? The, ver the first thing is to get ourselves balanced because the more balanced we are on an emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual level, the more in tune we'll be with our spiritual self, which is the part of us that's connecting to the animals. So when we can, and that's what I always say, if we can do the work on ourselves and get as balanced as we can be, you're going to just start hearing it because the animals are talking all the time. So as soon as we get out of our own way, you'll just start hearing it. And I think for everybody, that's a little bit different. 
what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for another person. You know, some people like to meditate to become more clear with themselves. That doesn't work for some people. Some people like to, you know, pull cards and try to get in tune with, with messages from the universe in that way. I think the biggest thing, though, I think the really the biggest thing, because we're taught so early to squash our emotions, is once we start acknowledging our emotions, allow ourselves to feel them and then release them, we're just there. We're just there and we're open and it just starts coming. Do you think that if people come from their heart with that animal, maybe sit down and just try to feel their connection with that animal, that that would help? I think that's great. As as long as they can stay out of their head. And then, you know, because it doesn't, if somebody sits down and says, okay, I'm going to do exactly that. I'm just going to feel with my heart the animal. And they sit there for a minute or so and they hear nothing. We go into our left brain. We go into our mental self. Oh, I'm not doing it right. Or this isn't going to work. Or there goes that negative self-talk. That's what I'm talking about. We we have to address those parts of ourselves so that they can step out of the way and allow the parts of us that trust that here I am. And that's the biggest thing. It's trusting. When you hear something, don't doubt it. Don't try to prove it. Just trust it. And I, I know just trust it is easier said than done. And it's practice. It's really just practice. What about touching the animals? Does that help? Sure. For, for some people, absolutely. Some people have that belief system that they have to see a picture or touch them. If that's what it takes for that person, that's wonderful. Does that have to be for everybody? No. Does it matter? Do the animals need that in order to communicate with us? Oh, no. <laughs> no, no way. Absolutely not. Sometimes I look at animals and they seem to be smiling at me. Do you feel that? Do you feel like they they actually smile at us? I think they do. They smile at us. They laugh with us. Please note I didn't say at us. They laugh with Uh us. Uh They're sad with us, for us. They console us. Uh, They take on our emotions for us. That is part of what they come to this earth to do. Their souls choose us. And then in order to help us evolve spiritually, they sometimes will take on some of the stuff that we aren't able to carry all of. And that's part of what they believe their job, quote unquote, is. I hear chickens in the background. What is some of that stuff that you've experienced they're taking on for us? Give me an example or two. Okay. They will take on anger we have towards ourselves. They will take on lack of self-worth we have on ourselves. And when I say take it on, I don't mean that they now have anger or that they have lack of self-worth with themselves. They take that on to hold that space for us. How does that show up? How do you see that? As an animal communicator, how are you aware that that's happening? Because they just tell me. Okay. They just tell me. They'll say, they'll go to, and this is the thing, like this is what amazes me all the time is they will, and when I work on animals, they oft, they'll often just have messages for their owners. And the owners that are really not, they think they're not ready to hear the messages, but they are because we never get more than we're ready. They will just say, you know, so-and-so, you've got to forgive yourself for what happened with your mother five years ago. You know, and, and for some people, they, it's hard to hear. For others, not so much. Can you speak a bit about horses? I've always been fascinated about horses and what they're communicating. And does their behavior change when they take on things for us? No, it does not. Their behaviors don't change when they take on our stuff. 
because that's part of what they're here to do. It doesn't burden them. It doesn't, because that's part of what their souls are able to do. They're able to take our stuff and not get affected by it. So when we see, I mean, horses will interact with each other because they have their horse language that they speak with. But, you know, for example, somebody will say, well, my horse is mad at me. I'm like, well, why do you think your horse is mad at you? Well, because it keeps coming and hitting me with his head. And I said, your horse isn't mad at you. Your horse is trying to tell you to give your head a shake because there's something that you aren't seeing. Wow. Another common one that horses will do is they'll start getting really pushy, pushy with us. Infuriating it is because they're big animals and, and, you know, they'll get in our way. And, and a lot of that is they're trying to tell us about our boundaries. We're either stepping on somebody's toes, you know, or we're taking on, we're not setting our own boundary. There's a couple of things that just I think of off the top of my head that are very common with what they try to help us with. But really, really, they, a lot of it is about our boundaries, how we navigate through this world with other people and animals, and especially when they're bringing it up because we are getting pushed around, getting walked on. We're not being our true self. We're not being authentic. We're not saying what we need to say. We're not setting the boundary. You know, I really don't want to do that, but I don't want to upset that person. So I'm just going to do it anyway. Things like that. They really, really help us with our personal growth. I can't begin to explain how amazing that is for me because it never fails. They always find some way to say, hey, you're not being who you truly are. And that's what we need to hear because I believe from growing up, most of us aren't being told from day one, you know what? You are wonderful in all that you are. You are truly an amazing person. No, we all, we hear that wasn't good enough. You're not doing this right. Why don't you do things like this? Like we are so, and it's not intentional on people's part. It's just how this society is. You're going to be enough when you have a job and make X number of dollars. You're going to be enough when you have, you know, a house with a white picket fence and 2.2 kids. And, you know, we're all conditioned to think when we get wherever, then we're enough. And it's going to make me cry because animals are like, no. You are enough in all that you are. It's not about what you have or what your job is. How interesting. It's fascinating. So you would say that horses' primary message to us is about our boundaries, our pushing the limits, and our not being ourselves. It's a big part of their message. Yeah. I I don't know if that's primary message because they so individual with everybody and I don't like to ever put anything into a container or a label sure just I see that a lot and I think it's because it's a common life lesson for us humans about boundaries but it's one of our their big messages to us is boundaries. yes it is absolutely because if we don't set our boundaries we can't be who we are is there a second message that you see a lot from horses besides the boundaries and pushiness I'm really valuing this information. There's a lot about self-acceptance, a lot about judging, about not judging. I, I truly believe that one of the animal's purposes in their lifetime, because they come to us to, for sure, we they experience the physical relationship that we all know about. But on a soul level, they also come to us to teach us about unconditional love. Right. Feel that's their number one purpose is to teach us about unconditional love and how to get back to that unconditional love for ourselves. 
And so the messages for people aren't always the same because we aren't always all going through the same life lessons at that time or going to understand things the same way. But that's their biggest, all animals, not just horses. Right. I think a lot of us interpret that from dogs, but I hadn't related that to horses. So the other messages about horses are really important ones and different than what we see from the dog. Right. What about cats? Cats seem to have a different message. One of the biggest things is cat cannot be controlled, right? Everybody's like, oh, I can't control my cat. And the universe says, exactly. Cats are like, you know what? Let go of control. I think their biggest, one of their biggest messages for us is to teach us to learn how to let go of control. That we're not in control. No matter exactly. what Exactly. And we never, ever have been. And try, you know, right. boy, try to wrap our left brain around that sometimes. That's really hard. So the cats are always there to remind us. <laughs> I agree with that completely. How about chickens? Do you see anything from chickens since you have so many? Chickens are very, um, nothing bothers chickens. You know, they're very happy-go-lucky. I would say probably for them is a reminder of joy. You know what? It's just be joyful. They just go around and and they're clucking away, talking away. You don't often see fights. I mean, between some roosters, you do, but that's obviously male hormones in the in the animal world. Uh, I think it's I think it's about reminding us of joy and happiness. If I could be general, cool. I know there are a lot of animals that are teaching us about coexistence. When I dived, for instance, I found that in the ocean. It was so peaceful because all of these fish and eels and dolphins and everything seemed to know the boundaries and coexist peacefully and everything seemed to be in an order. There's the boundaries. Right. Different from what we've done here. This concludes part one of my interview with Andrea Zaboro. Look for the conclusion of this interview in the next episode. Andrea is available for consultations on your animals by calling her landline in Canada at 519-364-0745. Sponsor funding for today was provided by the Melting Point and the Goldenstein Galleries of beautiful Sedona, Arizona. The Melting Point Studio and Gallery offers classes in glass blowing and torch work, for first-timers and advanced artists. They're also a great venue for custom work, and they host private parties for larger groups. Taking a class here is one of my favorite things to do while in Sedona. For more information, go to their website at sedonaglassblowing.com. The Goldenstein Gallery is a premier fine art gallery exhibiting throughout the five-star luxury resort of La Berge de Sedona. This gallery represents over 50 noted local and regional artists offering a unique experience for guests and visitors to view changing exhibits throughout the resort and life-size and monumental sculpture in the gardens. For more information, visit their website at goldensteinart.com. If you're resonating with this podcast, please follow HeartSense. I welcome your thoughts, comments, questions, and reviews. And if you'd like to donate or become a sponsor, I welcome your support. Thank you, everyone. Mm-hmm.